Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host Mozzie, who is now sitting pretty. Sitting pretty. My brand new chair mm-hmm. was the investment. Yes, yeah, so those, uh, those squeaks you've come to know and love. I use that phrase uh, very generously. Um, <laughs> will not will not be present anymore. So no be, more squeaks. Be spared a lot of those uh, mice in the seat, as we as we say. Oh. So, it's okay. They're they're living you know their best mousy lives in the dumpster behind the building <laughs> where are the train now it's fun <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so uh this week uh we are moving on from our dynasty stonk watch we went through all the positions and we are going to the uh coaching staff and front office now we're going to be going through uh each team and rating their consistency and then giving our um own son kind of a subjective rating on if that consistency is good or bad so there's uh our head coach department obviously then there's Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh, position coaches, kind of just as a grouping, because, you know, there's a lot of those guys, and then the GM and scouting. So we're, we're going to have some teams who have zero out of five, or, uh, you know, they have nothing the same, and then there's going to be a few teams who are, you know, five out of five, they kept kind of everything the same, and then after we go through if, you know, they've got consistency or not, we're going to say, this team's consistency is good, you know, they have good people in place and they kept them there way to go um or you know maybe they kept people in place who shouldn't be there or flipping it around and they clean house and that was a good move even though it's not consistent so a lot of aspects to it but this is something that i think gets a little overlooked in um i think in the, the projection factor for like players um one like ocs change um target distributions change and like play calling distribution changes so a team that was like really runner pass heavy or hyper targeted certain positions or ran certain concepts may have a huge change if the coaching position changes or um, if a new GM's in place. Uh, some guy who was, you know, a rookie or excited about last year, if there's a new GM there, he may just kind of be, you know, in the dust for a bit and screwed over by the change. So these are all things to kind of like factor in when you're projecting guys for the next season. It makes a big difference. Um, it's something that's rarely reported. You'll it's one of those that you'll find if you're looking for it, you can search like, you know, coaching carousel or coaching changes and you'll come up with a whole bunch of names just, you know, with a liturgy there of different mm-hmm. reasons and places they've been, but it's never really concise and in one place. And the consistency is really important. Um, I mean, we see it all the time, just the offensive line. Mm-hmm. When they have all five guys from the previous year returning, they usually have a much better season than the team that has five. Maybe they're all stars, but they're all new and new playing together. Key example being like the Chiefs this year. Their offensive line is a whole bunch of new parts. Um, that can be a little bit difficult, at least fantasy production wise, in coming together. Yeah, and, uh, and learning the offense. And it's the same thing with the coaches. Mm-hmm. that's part of what made like the Cowboys and Raiders so good was 
along with all that talent, they had them all together for like three or four years at a time. And so right. you had all these like all pro players who were cohesive. But yeah, the 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 O line is very important. Have cohesive as is um, the coaching staff in some regard. I mean, sometimes you need to make changes, but I think you know teams like Buffalo. I get you know, spoiler alert. They're really consistent. Like that's that's a good consistency. Or you know you have a team who is mired in mediocrity like Detroit. They have to clean house. Makes sense. So we're actually going to start with some of these uh, clean house teams. Uh, oh, before yeah. we get to Detroit, we can talk about uh, Atlanta. My Falcons, all new who, everything. Yeah, who have cleaned house uh, entirely. Um, some players as well as their coaching staff. So they brought in Arthur Smith, formerly of the Tennessee Titans, to kind of run the show there. He's probably going to be acting sort of as the OC, but they do have Dave Rangone in there as well, who had been with the Bears for a bit. Um, I, I think Arthur Smith will probably call the plays, I imagine. And then they've got Dean Pease as the Dean DC. Pease. Um, who's outstanding they pulled him out of retirement right yeah he retired after 2019 but he he's coming back he's had a lot of really good like top 10 like scoring defenses oh yeah um, he was with the ravens i think so i can look that up as we go and then uh across most of their positions they've got entirely new guys and then special teams the new new guys and then uh terry fontenot I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, or maybe I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Hey. Um, he's the new GM over from the Saints, I believe. So, whole new staff there. And, um, you know, it's tough to kind of gauge if how much Atlanta needed to clean house, at least in my opinion. They've had a lot of success on and off, but I, I think this new staff is kind of here for the long haul. And I like... I think if you're about to go into a rebuild, it makes sense to get a new staff, which that's kind of what a lot of these teams are doing. Like, they're like, hey, we're probably going to be rebuilding, which the Falcons, I think they can compete this year, but I think this coaching staff has been brought in to get the team through the transition from Matt Ryan to next quarterback up. Right. They brought in a bunch of guys that aren't really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inexperienced, I guess. I mean, Dean Pease certainly has a huge NFL tenure and Arthur Smith just had a lot of success with the Titans. So they're trying to capitalize on Matt Ryan's last few years here while still like attempting to bring in the new regime, which I think is more of Fontenot's Fontenot, <laughs> his boat. Yeah. So uh, with Pease, he was most recently with the Titans and he was with the Ravens for like seven or eight years and passed right. previously. So they're getting a lot of Titans in the, in the building. I think they kind of liked what, the Titans had going on. Well, I mean, he, I'm assuming he was with the Titans that year. Their defense was actually, you know, good. Yeah, he was there uh, <laughs> 2018 and 19. <coughs> Not last yeah. year when they fell apart. <laughs> right. When it was bad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've, they've got a lot of new guys in there. And uh, Dave Rangone, their OC, who was with the Bears recently, he was actually with Tennessee for a bit. So, yeah. again. Um, uh, yeah. The Atlanta Titans. Yeah, the Atlanta Titans. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. This is, this is, I feel like this is going to be the start of, like, one of those organizational pairings where, like, the teams are just, like, swapping guys back and forth a lot. Like we see yeah. with Philly and the Colts. Which, that one is going to work. We're going to, like, reference them as an example a lot. But it's really just ingrained with those two teams. Philly and the Colts. I would also say, like, the Lions and the Rams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that and they kind have of the Pats, Holmes. The Pats in there, yeah. too, with the Lions, maybe. The Belichick yeah. connection. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Atlanta, no consistency at all. I think I'm 
optimistic. Like it's not it's not like a bad overhaul. I think like I'm I'm looking forward to what Arthur Smith's gonna do and try to make this game more like make this team a little more uh, efficient than it's been lately. And I hope I hope that uh, bringing in Arthur Smith is kind of a plan to get um, like Pitts and Hurst both involved on the field a lot because outside of Ridley, like those two are probably their next two best pass catchers. So yeah. I, I'm a fan of the changes, I'd say. Yeah, I would say consistency is nothing. They have no consistency mm-hmm. from last year or continuity, but they have, in my opinion, upgraded the personnel staff. Mm-hmm. So I'm in, I am in big favor of both Arthur Smith and Dean Pease there. And Dean Pease. I'll be, the only thing is I was one of the people that didn't really understand the GM firing. I understood that they were kind of cleaning house. So yeah, that, that's that why they surprising. did it. But I didn't have a problem with their GM before. Um, and good GMs are hard to come by. So yeah, Dimitrov, right? Yeah, Dimitrov. Yeah, he, it's he not had a really cool article that he put yeah. out like recently, um, kind of about his time as a GM. So I was surprised he didn't get immediately snagged up. I assume he just wanted like a year off or something. I would assume, yeah. He was like, all right, I'm just taking some time <laughs> off. Yeah, give give me a bit. So <laughs> moving on to our uh, next overhaul team with again pretty much a zero out of five consistency is Detroit who we are both definitely optimistic about. I think that's been pretty right. clear thus far that we're optimistic <laughs> about it, um, which is weird. And I like being optimistic about Detroit's really weird, but watching some of their like draft day videos and like war room stuff, it's, 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 they're all on the same page for sure. Right. They have a strong vision as an organization of where they want to go, which is what you want to see in any business, be it, you know, entertainment or not. Um, Really important. All new everything again, but I'm pretty stoked for them. I mean, Aaron Glenn, formerly of the Saints, is probably my favorite of the additions here. He yeah. was the cornerbacks coach for the Saints, and I think he pulled a lot of weight there. So now he's the defensive coordinator, and I like that they're bringing in this guy to help their number three overall pick, Okuda, yeah. become <laughs> the value that he's supposed to be. That was my first thought when I was like, oh, Saints <laughs> defensive backs coach? Oh, this is going to be perfect. Right. And um, they brought in um, Aubrey Pleasant, who was with the Rams as well for a few years, as like the defensive backs coach, like specifically. And um, I, I did see their one mark of consistency is uh, their O-line coach, apparently, but everyone else is um, a new hire. So yeah, we've got Dan Campbell at head coach, uh, Aaron Glenn at D.C., Anthony Lynn at OC, which is the one spot where I'm like, yes, <laughs> a little unsure of things. Um, yes, <laughs> he he was a bad head coach. I'm gonna say, like, in terms of game management, but that's not he won't be doing that. So I'm not as worried about it per se. Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of his struggles were within the head coaching department of like what to do in this situation situational yeah. coaching um so if dan campbell's good at that then i'm not as worried he just has to like with this lions team they don't have a whole lot of wide receiver weapons they really need to play to their strengths as an offense to have any sort of productivity mm-hmm. so anthony lynn has to be the i'm not going to try to shove a square peg in a round hole uh, offensive coordinator he needs to adapt and work with what he's got as opposed to trying to make them do something they're not well equipped to do 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the Anthony Lynn one is the only sort of question mark I have, and that's not one out of, you know, spite. It's just I'm unsure how it's going to go with him. Yeah, the the vision's really clear, though. This team wants to run the ball a lot. And right. The, the quote-unquote smash mouth. And bringing Anthony Lynn makes sense with that vision. So that's why I'm not, like, you know, dumping all over it. And a lot of guys make fine coordinators but bad head coaches. We see that a lot. So I'm all going to give them kind of the benefit of the doubt. But they've right. got a lot of former players on the staff, you know, along with Campbell and Lynn. They've got Brunella's quarterback's coach, Antoine Randall's receiver's coach. Like, I, which I like that one. I think he'll be helpful for this group of receivers that are, you know, pretty lackluster. Yeah, and then the other thing they did that I thought was pretty cool was they um, they what's the, they poached uh, Duke something from Philly, Staley, right? Not I don't think it's Staley. Deuce, His name Deuce is Deuce Staley. There's Deuce Staley. This guy's name is Duke something. Uh, there's <laughs> Deuce and Duke. Deuce and Duke. Um, and he is a Duke. So okay, so it's Deuce Staley. That's him. Okay. Yeah, the he was coach. the running backs coach of Philly, and they have promoted him to essentially assistant head coach and running back. So if More you're running. unclear <laughs> if they were running the ball, that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, which I like that. I, I think a lot of people were considering him for a head coaching position. I'm assuming he has the temperament for it. That's why you get that kind of talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. I'm excited for that. Overall, this is a zero, like, essentially consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I'm in favor of it in a big way. Yeah, me too. Especially my favorite move they made was probably in their front office, uh, getting Brad Holmes over from the Rams who had been with them for since like 2003. And he kind of moved up through like the scouting and player personnel department. And then also I didn't realize this until I watched some videos. They have John Dorsey there now too. Um, that's right. With chiefs, Browns eagles for a year apparently and then they kind of brought him in as the senior personnel executive and i think with a pretty brand new team having someone like dorsey who's been there done that several times and been successful is a nice addition it makes you feel a lot better about kind of the drafting which went well yeah isn't he the uh you know forget your cap space kind of guy like i'm gonna go out and just get players yeah, um, I think so, sort of. Like, he's done some good drafting, but he will, like, just kind of go for it, which I think is the right move. Like, fill in your drafting holes with just free agent snags. Yeah. So, so overall, we're hella stoked, as they would say. About the Lions. About the Lions. Weird. <laughs> about the it's Lions. weird. I'm, I'm here for it. I think Dan Campbell has a lot of heart. I think his players will like to play for him. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll be great, but they'll be a functioning, like, earnest and heartwarming organization, which I'm here mm-hmm. for. And then uh, moving on to probably the opposite of all those adjectives we just said uh, is Houston. <laughs> oh, buddy. Who, they have pretty little, little consistency. They do have Tim Kelly there still um, as the OC, which I guess is, you know, a one consistency technically. Yay. But everyone else is pretty much new. So they brought in David Coley um, from the Ravens. He, uh, oh boy. Yeah, so he <laughs> he spent several seasons um, under Andy Reid coaching receivers. And then most recently, he was uh, Harbaugh's assistant coach. Um, they did snag Pep Hamilton from the Chargers, someone we've, you know, given a lot of props for his work with Justin Herbert. Yeah, he, um, was he quarterbacks coach specifically? Yep, who pretty much 
who we gave a lot of credit for Herbert, which, you know, not to take anything away from Herbert, but having a good quarterback's coach helps a ton. So he, uh, and he also worked with Andrew Luck early in his career. So pretty, you know, good quarterback's coach. Yeah, those are two names that uh, they're pretty good at what yeah. they did. <laughs> <laughs> good days to be attached to. And then uh, defensive coordinator and um, assistant head coach is Lovey Smith, um, who... He's had an interesting career. Yeah. Um, there are times he, when I felt the game has passed him up. Right. But then there were also times where, like, he got fired and he probably shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. I think he... Wasn't he a 9-7, and seven, like, season Bears head coach that got fired? I think so. That sounds that, about that, accurate. That sounds right. I think he was a 9-7 and seven guy. Now, it's been a while, so... It's been a while. I don't know yeah. if I can exactly... Yeah, he's, been the, uh, he's been the Illinois head coach for the last, like, five years. Okay. So, hey, I mean, coaching in college is a really good way to stay up to date with the game, not yeah. going to lie. Because no, a lot go. of the stuff you see in the NFL comes from college, like the spread offense. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't go great for him. They did go 17-39 and 39 in his five years there. But That's not great. It's still, <laughs> it's still a different perspective, and we can hope it. Uh, is improved but yeah most of their um position coaches are new the running back coach is the same but more or less a zero there and then uh gm they've got uh nick casario from the patriots for uh about a deck or two decades so again the uh a bit of a patriot connection to there from bob they've got a little bit of inter uh, inter organization relationship there yeah so they have, honestly, very little consistency. It's a lot of new pieces, but it's not complete zero. Yeah, it's, I think, about like a one, a one out of five. One out <laughs> of get, five. They get a one. And our, our kind of yay-nay rating, I... Part of, like, it's tough because I don't want to be biased because it's Houston, but I'm not, not... Like, it's not inspiring in the sense of, like... There's not, like, a, as much clear direction. Um... The, the David Coley hire was a little like, head scratching. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get anyone to take the job. Who knows? So, uh, it's a no from me, dog. Yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty on it. Um, I'm not um I'm not out on Casario as GM. He might have yeah, been the that's the best one good move hire. I think. Right, but David Coley. I mean, if you go back and look at the teams that Coley has been the wide receiver coach for they include some of the worst wide receiver seasons and offenses put out in the history of the nfl <laughs> including the chiefs no touchdown wide receiver year oh, and man. the past few years with the ravens where their wide receivers were yeah bills bill 17 yeah. and 18 but you know not not ideal years there yeah so I'm maybe like this is the thing he's needed to do is to not be a positional coach and just maybe he's a good head coach which would be cool um because you know some people are good coordinators not good head coaches maybe it goes both ways sometimes mm-hmm. some people have the mentality for coaching but aren't good at the details yeah. of i could i mean positions. i could see like dan campbell being one of those guys mm-hmm. for what it's worth so yeah the, the casario hire i think is good although some of his moves have been sort of head scratching since his hire yeah. So pretty meh on the hires, but again, it might just be one of those things where no one wanted to work for the Texans. Like <laughs> that's true too. I feel like that's very possible. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> I wouldn't want to either. <laughs> but uh, next up, we go across the division actually to another overhaul. 
with Jacksonville. They, um, again, have no consistency. <laughs> They've got uh, Urban Meyer in there, uh, Daryl Bevel at OC, uh, Joe oh, Colon at DC. They've got Balky as their uh, GM, and pretty much all new position coaches. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I have reservations about it. Um. The, the more <laughs> I've, so, okay, I wanted to give them some slack, because we, we've not seen anything. But right. The, the more I've dug in, the less, the less good I've felt about it. The thing is, it's all hype. There's so much hype around this team. Urban Meyer, oh my goodness. Trevor Lawrence, are they going to make the playoffs this year? I've seen that headline, like, echo chambered around all of the talking heads. Is he, is this team going to make the playoffs? No. (laughs) It's not. No. Their division is tough. They're going to be one of the worst teams still. Urban Meyer's never been an NFL head coach. Daryl Bevel was a bad offensive coordinator. Sorry. And they replaced a lot of guys in that. Like, it's all new. I'm not saying it won't work out at some point, but I have strong, strong, strong concerns about this new staff. Yeah, like, I'm like I'm looking through all these guys. Um, like, yeah, Daryl Bevel, not inspiring. Schottenheimer as QB and passing game coordinator. Not that inspiring. I do like the receiver coach hire of uh, Sanjay Lal. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he's been with like the Cowboys kind of recently, and you know they're talented, but obviously like he, he's got he's got a good track record like of his receiving coaching uh, history. But um, Joe Cullen has been like with the Ravens a couple times and Jags a couple times and not really performed super great. Like the the hires are not that inspiring uh, per se. And I, I don't have much of a take on Trent Baalke. Um, Cause he, so he was with the Niners for a bit up until 2016. And then uh, was actually just like an NFL football operations consultant, like for the league. And then went back to the Jags uh, last year. Interesting. So yeah, it's, it's been like an odd, like career for him. Cause like everyone, like a lot of people like know, Oh, Trent Baalke. Yeah. Like, but his, his kind of career trajectory lately has been weird. Um, yeah, director of player personnel the year before, interim GM, full-time GM now. Yeah, I mean, if I'm grading, like, one of his longest stints was with the Niners for, like, a decade, from, t- like, 2005 to 2016, and not, like, a ton to be, like, hyped about <laughs> there, I guess, honestly. I mean, well, I know they had, like, from, a good uh, runner, too. He did get promoted almost every other year, from scout to director of player personnel yeah. to That's vice president. Good to general manager for five years um i guess i can't say for sure but i feel like the niners have had good drafts between 2011 and 2016 yeah and i mean the jags 2020 draft was like solid like <laughs> yeah i did I, I can look at it again but it was solid so i guess, I guess bulky is kind of one of the more optimistic spots here but yeah, I was going to say, he was the Jets scout, 98 to 2000, and I do believe they have one of the better drafts of mm-hmm. their entire, like, history in between those years. Uh, I'll look more into that, but I think that was, I think he did some good scouting mm-hmm. in those years. Okay, so hopefully he's helping them. I mean, I've, drafting, drafting Trevor Lawrence isn't, you know, like a, a scouting award or anything but um i guess i kind of have to mock the uh 
the ETN pick a bit too, though, if we're going to go there. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, as a as the new GM, not like a great start per se. Like, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is cool, but uh, so yeah, I guess like the more we dig into the Jags, because like each time we talk about them, I get like a little less optimistic about them. The only reason I'm not like totally out out is Trevor Lawrence and the talent they have around him at receiver and a good enough O line, but right. they'll still be bad. So. <laughs> Their defense is still not good. So like the, the uh, defense. So pretty much no consistency, and I'm a little. I don't know if like this is better or not than the Houston one. I think maybe yes, just because there's. I, more I would unknown. say yes. Yeah, like if Houston's a meh, this is like an eh. Like it's an eh. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like the slight difference there. Uh, so 2000 Jets draft is the one I was thinking of. That's when they drafted Sean Ellis, who's awesome. John Abraham, who's also awesome. Chad Pennington, Lavernius Coles. Ah, uh, Chad Pennington, man. That's that's a big what could have been. What could have been. Yeah, it's speaking of the guys who, like, just got hurt a lot. Oh, well. But, yeah, I mean, 2000, that's for, uh, like, not Hall of Fame, but, you know, Pro Bowl potential all-pro guys. Mm-hmm. But we've got a couple more... Big overhaul teams. Um, these next three uh, kept a lot of the front office, but changed a lot of the coaching staff. So we'll go to the Chargers next. Um, they've got Brandon Staley as their head coach, uh, Lombardi, Joe Lombardi as their OC, and Ronaldo Hill as their defensive coordinator. But they kept uh, Tom Telesco there up top as the GM. He's been there for a while. Which I think I would have been pretty uh, down on them if they'd fired him. He has been... A very good GM for oh, that. Yeah, he's he's been solid. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think he's been there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, but Brandon yeah, Staley. all new coaching. Yeah, yeah Staley's kind of like a defensive guy, right? Yes, he was with the Rams, defensive guy. Um, I believe so. And then he was, uh, so he was the DC at John Carroll University like five years ago, and he hmm. had the one season as a DC, and now he's a head coach. So moving okay. on pretty quickly. And then, uh, Very quickly. Yeah, and then Joe Lombardi with the Saints for a while, um, their QB coach. Obviously, you know, having your name attached to Drew Brees is always good. And uh, they won games with Taysom Hill as their quarterback. So They did. Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that gets you some credit, obviously. <laughs> and then uh, Ronaldo Hill was the one that I just, you know, I really had to dig into because, like, okay, you know, everyone's aware of kind of like Joe Lombardi. But uh, Ronaldo Hill was a former player. And he was most recently the Broncos defensive backs coach. He's he's been a defensive backs coach because he uh, was a defensive back. He was a defensive back. <laughs> um, assistant defensive backs coach to Miami in 2018, Denver Broncos the past two years, 2019-2020. I mean, their uh, defensive backs have been pretty good, but they had a lot of talent there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be the one to see like if, if he can kind of translate that to a team where there's some talent, but it's not like, you know, loaded Broncos kind of thing. Right. Yeah, Broncos have had good corners for as long as I can remember. But uh, I'm I'm a fan of these hires, personally. Like I, I definitely like, like Staley and Lombardi. Hill, I am i don't know enough about. Yeah, really. I think it's kind of like it's when you've got like a defense, like basically the head coach is sort of the DC. The Ronaldo Hill, I assume, is kind of more of like a support. Not kind of thing, but you know what I mean, like. When when there's like a play like a uh, like a head coach who's like the play caller the OC is basically just like 
there to like help come up with plays and stuff like that, but the head coach is still going to call the plays. So I assume it's something like that. Yeah, I'm looking to see if... Uh, so they have the same uh, defensive line coach, Giff Smith. He's been there for a while, which is good, <laughs> because if Ronaldo's doing the... Wait, is it, is it Giff or Jiff Smith? <laughs> I don't know. There's two, there's two Fs. I'm yeah, so I'm going to say Giff, since there's two Fs. Giff Smith. <laughs> um, it just rolls off the tongue when his last name's the soft eye, too. Yeah, Giff um, Smith is a nice... Yeah. But yeah, he's got a... I mean, he's been there like five years. Their defensive line has been good and is fully stacked. So assuming Ronaldo really, really focuses on the secondary, which I think is a fair assumption to make, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> they'll at least have a good D-line coach in there to you know, sort of counteract that. Plus a lot of talent on the D-line that maybe that works out really well. Mm-hmm. And they, have, uh, they replaced um, Pep Hamilton with uh shane day who was most recently with the uh niners yes which i mean to his credit they've not had a lot to work with at times i like it's not like their quarterback play hasn't been amazing but i mean he's got a fair amount out of jimmy garoppolo and made some other guys look you know decent that aren't so <laughs> that's yeah, i think the that... the concern might be with the linebackers yeah. Um, their linebackers coach is Michael Wilhoyt, who mm-hmm. is an undrafted free agent by the Omaha Nighthawks and has yeah, he two was, years of coaching experience. Yeah, yeah, with the Saints. So that, that'll be kind of interesting to see. They've got a lot of former players in here, especially like with the defense. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I you know, I feel like that's like a trend where then you get like former player coaches. It's for the most part defensive guys, isn't it? Yeah, now that I think see, about it. Yeah, it's a lot more defensive guys. Sometimes the running backs, but like Dan Campbell, like tie, former tight end as a coach, like that's not something that happens a lot. <laughs> oh no, definitely not. And if you do see offensive guys, they're usually position coaches. Like I usually see wide receiver. That's actually yeah. the one that I'll running see the back, most receiver. Of. And yeah, although I guess um, I guess Ditka. If we're going to talk about tight ends as coaches, so. Ditka. I guess we could. Dan Campbell can only hope it goes that well. I guess. Um, <laughs> so they get a one-off consistency for the GM change, and I think mostly we'll say a yay, probably. Mm-hmm. Not not as yay as like um, Detroit and Atlanta, maybe, but still still definitely like a thumbs up. I'll say. Yeah, I'll give you one thumbs up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not two, one. Just one. I'm gonna hold my other one. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a yay. Mm-hmm. So we can go on to uh, to your team, the Jets, who have cleaned house. Completely. Um, I think to me it's a little bit below maybe Chargers in terms of yay. It's right around there. Of, you know, it's a yay, but it's not like a what? Mostly because love Joey D. They get that consistency back, and he's the big boss in the house, um, as he should be because he's the man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? He sticks to his word. He said he was going to fix the Jets O-line and fix the Jets O-line. He has. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a, a actually, I would say, average to above average O-line right now, which is disgusting. Yeah, crazy. After the, drafting Elijah Vera Tucker as well as Makai Becton and uh, just signing Morgan Moses the other day as well. Mm-hmm. That's uh, coming up nice there. 
I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. But uh, coaching changes-wise, uh, Robert Sala was one of the more coveted coaches, and I can't believe they got him because it's the Jets. Yeah, that, that's um, a great move. That like, yeah. if if you're like under on some of the other stuff, that's one of the better like options. Like that. Oh yeah. That brings a lot of the other ties up. It's the first time I've legitimately seen players say that they want to sign with the Jets because of their coach. And they're like, yeah, I want to play, I want to play for Robert Sala. And I'm like, whoa. And I see it. I've seen it five or six times from various players, which is amazing. One of them was Morgan Moses. One was CJ Mosley coming back and saying, like, I'm ready to fucking get the dust off because I'm ready to go with this guy. And I'm like, hell yes, this is what it's supposed to be like. Um, so that's five out of five. Love the Sala hire. I'm here with him all the way. Um, Mike LaFleur is a complete unknown, but he is a LaFleur, and he does come with that West Coast shanty yeah, sort of this offense. Is, this is basically like uh, like New York Niners. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the New York Niners. Um, we, can call, we can call them the New York like 747s or 749ers, maybe. There we go. Going with the Jets, yeah. <laughs> 749ers. I... Uh, <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic is how I'm going to put it. I think that he probably learned a lot about running good schemes under Shani. I just mm-hmm. don't know how it's going to pan out. Um, yeah, most he's of really the, inexperienced as a play caller. Yeah, most of the staff there, like under him, is also from the Niners. <laughs> so yeah. he's got like, he's got like the whole crew still. Which is, you know, nice in the sense that they have that weird consistency, but from another team. Yeah, and, like, I think when you've got someone who's not as experienced, that helps having that consistency, like, in all the positional coaches under you. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, if your coaches don't look like they have a plan or their heads on their shoulders, how are the players supposed to respect that or take it seriously when they're giving them orders? And, like, you guys don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. And I think having that group that he's already really familiar with uh, is really good. Mm-hmm. And then what do you think of uh, Jeff Ulbrich and the uh, defensive squad? Again, a lot of uh, a lot of like 49er guys within the position coaches there. So he, I think, was with the Falcons? Yeah, so this is one of the few non-Niners. Right. I, um, this is the one I, I don't know about. This is the... <laughs> yeah, so after they fired Dan Quinn, he took over as DC. And then previously, he'd been the linebackers coach for the Falcons for, like, five years. Right, and I remember he did okay. Yeah, the Falcons, like, finished the year a lot stronger, like, so, on defense. <clears throat> so that is promising. Um, I think a lot of us were expecting when Sala got hired, he would do a lot of the defensive stuff. And he might still be super involved. But I was a little surprised when they hired this guy and said he'd be calling the defensive plays. I was like, oh, oh, um, okay, uh, mm-hmm. cool, 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 cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they. So yeah, they that's held the, the unknown there. Yeah, they held the Chiefs to 17 points in like week 16. Was Mahomes playing that week? I think he was. He was. That was the uh, yeah Josh Watt rage week. <laughs> yeah, like the one Falcons almost beat the Chiefs. Yeah, one of many. Um, <laughs> They, of course, got shellacked by the Bucks a couple times, but, like, they held the Saints to 21, um, Chargers to 20, Raiders to 6. Like, a- after, like, he did a pretty good job with, like, a pretty injured group. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not off him. I'm just, it's an, a relative unknown mm-hmm. um, with many of the coaching staff, but that's okay. Yeah, so, 
when I'm looking at consistency rating, so it's a one, but I almost want to give like a 1.5 because of like all of the Niners guys <laughs> all coming of the over. Niners, yeah. Like I think they have to get like a little <laughs> bit for that, right? I mean, yeah, I would say so, honestly. Because even though the players aren't familiar, like the, like, like the staff is pretty familiar with each other. So, yeah, I, I think that's worth like maybe not even a full half, like one one and a quarter. I don't know, like one point three. <laughs> it's it's over. It's greater than one, I think, because it's of that cohesiveness. So right. Uh, are are you saying it's a yay for, for this one? Yeah. yeah, I put it around the Chargers as a yay. Mm-hmm. Like what the new stuff they brought in, but it's a good thing. Yeah, I I, I might even put it like a little bit above the Chargers, but. Ooh. I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of it. I guess I think the Sala hire especially is, like, a big part of it overall. Yeah, I think for me it's the Sala hire to me is, like, you know, if I'm ranking above the Staley hire. But the Joe Lombardi hire is, yeah. to me, possibly above the LaFleur. Even, but, you know, they brought in all their guys, too. So, yeah, they're they're right around the same to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, keep, keeping a good GM really helps, too. Oh, yeah, which we love. I love Joey D. I don't want to hear anything bad about Joe. <laughs> and then uh, next up, we go to the Eagles, who um, have a lot of changes as well. They, again, kept their GM, but have pretty much changed everything else. And that was probably the position they should have fired. Let's yeah. be honest. Howie, Howie Roseman without Without Joey, yep. without Joey D, it's been a little tough sledding for him. Yeah. Um, how long has Roseman been there? I want to say since two thousand and like, uh, two thousand. Yeah, yep. <laughs> two thousand and nothing. Yep. He yeah. Joined them uh, as part of the salary cap staff council in two thousand, and has kind of moved his way up. Um, was the GM from twenty ten to twenty fourteen. He's kind of got promoted, and he's kind of been the. Then he's done a lot of like front office stuff with them, mm-hmm. and as most recently as twenty nineteen, uh, executive VP and GM. Right, and what worries me about that is the front office side of the business and the actual locker room side of the business are very different, and the GM is supposed to be kind of the intermediate between Mm -hmm. that front office and the players. And him being in the front office exclusively for essentially four to five years makes me wonder if he's a little too detached from the player side because ever since Joe Douglas left, his drafting's been pretty uh, not not great. Yeah, I was looking at a picture of him just now. And, like, the one they have on Wikipedia of him is not very, like, uh, flattering. No. He looked like... Mark Zuckerberg. Yep, but that's exactly like, what I thought. Yeah, he looks a little <laughs> sucky. In, like, ten years. <laughs> yeah, he's got, a bit of, he's got a bit of Zuck on him. <laughs> which is never never good um so, yeah let's talk <laughs> yeah, about their changes though um <laughs> the stuff they did change uh they brought in nick sirianni um and then shane steichen i think so you say it as their oc and then jonathan gannon as their dc along with uh a whole slew of new position coaches oh yeah because they got rid of staley well they they didn't hire him is actually what I meant to say because he was being interviewed for head coach mm-hmm. and he didn't get it. So the Lions were like, hey, you want to be our assistant head coach here? We'll, you know, get you a little higher pay grade and they just want to keep you at the same. Let's promote you. And there he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so Sirianni is who they end up going with. Um, 
he has most recently been with uh, the Colts under Frank Reich. So, again, these two teams kind of in bed together, more or less. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a little gross. <laughs> but yeah, you they, know. they just go back and forth a lot. I mean, yeah. It's funny, though, because, like, Wentz went to the Colts and... Then Sirianni went back to Philly without Wentz, so Wentz is not. I, like it's <laughs> yeah. just it's too much, man. It's too much. You need to, you know, call it organizational incest. Um, exactly. I'm not super high on it. I think as a whole, the Colts are winning this liaison. Yeah, they're winning the breakup. <laughs> this dangerous liaison, if you will. Uh, I mean, Sirianni was one of the last guys hired too, and his press conference was not good. I didn't get. I didn't get a chance to see it. It was just a whole lot of, dude. What, like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, where's the? You're not biting off kneecaps here. You're <laughs> like diplomatically waffling. Um, so the, he's the, he's the opposite of Dan Campbell, right? Okay. <laughs> He, pretty much, I that actually might be very accurate. I think he's the <laughs> picture-perfect opposite of Dan Campbell. He's probably, I think, a lot more X's and O's and less, you know, Knee generic coach, no. right, you know, platitudes. Um, and looks, sometimes you need very that, tired. though. <laughs> I'm looking at him. He looks pretty tired in a lot of these. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like a, like a tired new dad. <laughs> he does he's got like a five-year-old and a three-year-old and his wife's pregnant with another one and he's just tired all the time going dad <laughs> so good, anyway good as far aside from how uh, nick sirianni looks uh shane steichen uh was with the chargers he was their oc last year um again played they played pretty well they just charged it a lot um yeah and then dc they've got jonathan gannon who is kind of from the zimmer tree um, and he spent the last couple seasons with the Colts as their uh, corners coach. Well, I mean, I'll take someone from the Zimmer tree. Yeah, which he, the Colts should have been a lot worse, by the way, in the secondary. So, like, I, I give him some credit there because there were, like, we, we talked over and over about, like, how bad they should be, but they were better. <laughs> like, over and over and over. Like, everyone should be able to pick on this Colts team, like, Rhodes has watched this, this, that. Like they've got no one, and they are able to, you know, keep it up. So I give him, I give him a thumbs up on his performance there. So my only thing is, there's a there's a trend you see in in hiring uh, guys that take Sala for instance, because he's the one I know. Sala was player, then went to a specific. I think he was linebackers coach did linebacking coaching for a while, then became a defensive quality control coach before he stepped full on to defensive coordinator, which is a good uh, transition there because Mm -hmm. you're essentially starting from one area of education and then broadening your scope all the way up to defensive coordinator and the amount of uh, responsibility you have. This guy did the opposite. He was a student and then became a defensive quality control coach, which is really weird to jump hmm. right into that. Then, after that, went to the Vikings. I think he bottomed out as a quality control guy and went straight to cornerbacks, um, where he was with Zimmer and the Vikings uh, during some good years with Xavier Rhodes. Um, and then did that again with the Colts, and now he's the full-on defensive coordinator. So... 
it's almost like uh, instead of following the one two three, he went two one three. Um, <laughs> kind of bounced around the Sudoku a bit. Right. So I'm not I'm not sure if that's good or bad. It's just an observation. Yeah. Um, I guess I would prefer as a whole the one two three because that's you know stepping up within the organization and accepting more responsibility and you know succeeding with that yeah i guess you just gotta worry and slash hope that he didn't get like peter principled with it where they're like oh wait wait he can't do this <laughs> and like right. ho- hopefully that was like something he actually learned from as opposed to like just not being capable exactly because the quality control coach that's essentially the not the play caller but the personnel yeah. play caller mm-hmm. All, basically like assistant dc kind of thing <laughs> right that's a good way to look at it i think but uh, on their position coaches, they've got uh, pretty much all new guys except for the receivers coach who just came in last year. So um, pretty big overhaul there. Um, they've got on the offensive side, uh, Brian Johnson as a quarterback's coach. He uh, coached uh, Dak Prescott at Mississippi State, kind mm-hmm. of one of his more notable things. And they've got uh, Jamal Singleton uh, replacing uh, Deuce Staley. Um as they're, they're running back. And he's, he's also the uh, assistant head coach. Um, Jason Michael, tight end coach. And the move to defense, they've got Tracy Rocker as their D-line coach, who's been a coach for a long time, like 25-ish years. He's just been around the NFL and football forever. Uh, Nick Rouse is a linebacker's coach. Um, he's been with the Vikings. Again, kind of more Zimmer connection. And then Denard Wilson, um, who actually was most recently the uh, Jets defensive backs coach. No, they were really good. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, totally good. So, <laughs> but uh, he, I, I think a lot of people credit him with kind of like helping develop Jamal Adams some. But. Interesting. <coughs> I don't know. Did did Jamal Adams develop? I feel like he's always kind of been a box safety. That's a fair question point, I guess. But Greg Williams taught him how to run at the quarterback. No one's taught him how to drop into coverage. <laughs> go, Greg, go. Go, go, Greg Rangers. <laughs> For but, a bounty. So this team gets a one on the consistency front, and um, the, the one consistency they do have, we're kind of unsure of. So I think this team kind of gets, like, an eh, meh, like, a little better than Houston. I guess better than Houston, I would say. Um, I'm giving it, I would give it a meh. Personally, a little better than Houston, but still a meh. Yeah, um, an eh, meh. So we're giving like a yay, thumbs up, and we've got like a meh. Well, you can have eh. I mean, you can have eh. A lot of different types of mouth noises to describe how I feel about these teams. Right. So that's that's more like a down eh instead of an up eh. Yeah. And then there's eh. There's meh. Ugh. Yeah, we're gonna have a couple of those. Um, <laughs> so those are some of the big uh, like over overhauls. Uh, not to be not to be confused with the overalls that you wear while you're doing yard work. Um, my dad likes to wear overalls when he does his yard work. Hey, you know, I uh, was having drinks with my friends the other night, and uh, one of the girls was wearing overalls. So I was like, "There you go." Yeah, they're becoming like a I don't I want to say like a hipster fashion staple, but sort of. Sort of. Yeah, they're they're kind of like. <clears throat> getting into fashion a bit which i don't know kind of odd one of those <laughs> things where, like some people can pull it off but not not my thing yeah. at all some people can pull it off not i <laughs> <laughs> i i cannot either i don't think 
<laughs> oh, it takes there's like... the hot take siren. Yeah. Scott cannot pull off overalls. <laughs> so um, that kind of covers the overhauled teams, not overhauled as we said. Um, so that ended up covering a good, a good chunk of time. So what we'll do is um, save the rest of the teams for another episode and kind of make this our review of all the team overalls. Again, these are all teams with either zeros or ones, or in the Jets' case, 1.3s consistency. 1.3s. <laughs> yeah. So um, Atlanta and Detroit were teams with no consistency, but we felt pretty good about. Um, Jacksonville has no consistency. We're kind of on that. A lot of unsureness, but unknown. Um, Houston, one point of consistency for Tim Kelly being the same OC, but we're pretty meh on them. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the Chargers, who uh, we more or less give a thumbs up. They have one consistency in the GM. And then the Jets and Philly also have the same GM. Uh, Jets get EA from us, and a, like a 1.3, we're got to say, for having a lot of the Niners there. So some consistency within the coaching staff. And then uh, Philly, they get the one rating on the consistency for just the GM. But a uh, meh, eh, kind of eh, further tires and um lack of fires even and lack of fires yeah which is part of it uh as we get into the next episode there'll be a lot of as on the five consistency teams and stuff like that yeah because maybe they should have fired someone (laughs) there like howie roseman i i still don't know how he didn't get fired yeah i'm i'm pretty surprised The, the guys that take falls and dawn are sometimes weird but Again, these uh, these ratings analyze the head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, the kind of GM, front office scouting area, but mostly kind of GM, and then the position coaches as a whole, and in the case of the Jets, bringing over basically a team staff. Um, <laughs> so we will be back next time uh, to go through a lot of the rest of the teams where there won't be as much to uh, parse through, but until then... Thank you for tuning in, and you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at uh, Mozzie and Muscle. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. I don't have my podcast pillow up. Abort, abort. Oh, no. I was like, wait, I'm not, I'm not ready. The podcast pillow brought yeah. to you by <laughs> PP. <laughs> this is. By, by my by our mozzie and muscle peepee <laughs> <laughs> the podcast pillow get yours today for only 10 installations of 10.99 sounds like a lot it is <laughs> give us money <laughs> <laughs> it's only 9.99 but it's 10.99 it's only a dollar difference in 10 installations or you can do Easy. 11 installations of 9.99 <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you're giving us more money than we deserve. <laughs> it's like a Patreon, except you get something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, now I'm good to go.